suing Google and antitrust case about search. Why is this a big deal? What's going to happen next? Mael Gave, author of Trampled by Unicorns, Big Tech's Empathy Problem and How to Fix It, joins us. I'm Lawrence Coletti, and this is Legal Talk Today. Hello, listeners. Welcome back. Today's show, really interesting one. It's about one of the biggest cases around here. It's the case against Google, an antitrust case brought by the government. And it was filed on October 20th, and it's centered around the control of search, which obviously is Google's best feature there. That's what they do best. But before we get into that discussion, I want to introduce our guest, Mael Gave. She's the author of a new book called Trampled by Unicorns, Big Tech's Empathy Problem and How to Fix It. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Very excited to be here. Well, Mal, before we begin and get into our topic today, you know, tell us a little bit about your book. So it's called Trampled by Unicorns. As you've just said, it, it came out on September 29th and it became a Wall Street Journal bestseller on October 3rd. Uh, so very, very excited. And uh, it is about how we can make big tech more responsible, more accountable and more empathetic in general, given the impact that they have on our digital life. All right. So opening question here, and without getting into the specifics of the Google case, you know, when it comes to a Google case or a Microsoft case of this nature, you know, why does the government get involved in these antitrust matters? So in general, in the U.S., uh, the government gets involved in antitrust when it believes that a company has become so big that it impacts negatively competition. And as a result, it impacts consumer well-being. And so there are a lot of debate in the U.S. about the scope of antitrust law and as a result, the scope of government actions. But in general, the U.S. government will step in when they believe that a company has become too big and it impacts uh, the way consumers can actually benefit from, the, from that company. So who is the initiator of this lawsuit? Like what division of the federal government brought this? So the one that you mentioned, because believe it or not, there are many currently ongoing against Google and also against, by the way, uh, Facebook, Apple, and Amazon. So the one that you've specifically mentioned was uh, brought by the U.S. Justice Department, and it was filed in federal court in Washington, D.C. Yeah, and as I understand it, as I've been reading with the complaint, it looks like uh, several state AGs have joined their suits and there might be many more joining as well. So this could be a real big shootout for Google and uh, different government entities. But let's transition into what this suit means, uh, Mayel. And so, you know, just a layman's explanation for some of our audience that are not actively in the practice of law or are lawyers themselves. You know, Google's being sued for maintaining monopolies, engaging in anti-competitive practices and exclusionary practices practices. The government's also looking for a remedy. So I guess in just layman's plain terms, what does that mean for Google? Yeah. So the government is accusing Google to make it impossible for other search engines to emerge. And the government argues that while Google may have acquired uh, its current position, as we all know, I'm sure like Google is the dominant uh, search engine in the U.S. and not just in the U.S. So while the government, the U.S. government argues that Google may have acquired this dominant position honestly. It is saying that it's maintaining it illegally, in large part by paying off distributors. The, the case alleges that Google has signed, and that's true, by the way, has signed a series of business agreements with mobile phone manufacturers, carriers, and browsers like Apple, Safari, to make Google the default search engine. And as a result of that, 
there is no space for other search engine to emerge because as Google is the default search engine, it is shown to more users than anyone else, which means that it makes more money out of advertising, which means that it can use that money to pay the manufacturers and the different business partners I mentioned before to remain the default search engine. And so it's a self-reinforcing cycle of market dominance. Let's get into some of those specific behaviors by which Google sort of slams the door on the competition. So like you said, you know, they got into it, you know, with good intentions. They're they're trying to grow their business. They're trying to reach out into new environments, new ecosystems. But, you know, as I understand it, and there's a little bit of technical nuance to this, and I, I didn't get it when I read the complaint. I didn't get all of these right away. It took me a couple paragraphs in to understand the impact of this and why it matters in an app environment versus a different type of environment. So can we go point by point on some of those, I guess, more highlighted sections, specific behaviors of how Google shutting the door on competition. Yeah, so let me let me take a couple of very specific examples. So the case uh, talks about, for example, one of the agreements, which is the agreement between Google and Apple. And so there is a contract, and it's, it's a, this is a public contract. I mean, the, the existence of this contract is public. The terms obviously are not. But there is a contract between Apple and Google where Google pays um, what is to be estimated between 8 and $12 billion every year. That's a Apple. lot of money. It's <laughs> a lot of money. Again, it's a, the, the number is not public. That's an estimate. And that represents between 15 and 20% of Apple worldwide revenue. So this is a very significant contract. And so Google pays this money to Apple to be the default search engine on Safari, which is the browser that Apple uh, has on your phone or on your um, desktop or laptop. And so what it means is that when you open your phone and you go into Safari, what you will be offered when you type whatever search you want will be Google by default. You can change it, but it requires some technical knowledge that most people do not have or just most people don't have the time. And so what it means is that every time you do a search, what you will get as a result are Google search results, which includes a lot of advertising because this is how Google makes money. And so when you will look at your search results from Google, you will also see uh, links, which are paid links. You will click on them and you will go to whatever page that advertising links you to. And Google will make money out of it. And so what happens is that the more, again, the more Google makes money out of it, the more it can afford to pay Apple the 8 to $12 billion that it currently pays every year to remain the search engine. And so that's what I, I was calling the self-reinforcing cycle of market dominance. Yeah, you know, that was the part that wasn't immediately obvious to me. You know, when I get on, I use my iPhone. Um, you know, I change a lot of the settings to kind of get that app integration that I like. So to me, it didn't seem like a huge big deal. But apparently when they calculate this out, it is because a lot of people, like you said, don't make those changes. They continue to use that default search engine. So I want to transition into bundling. I want to talk about that because that's something that I also read was kind of a an issue there. You know, you've got Google Maps and some of the other applications that are featured in these app Based environments on mobile. And so how does that make it more difficult for another search engine, another search product to enter the market? So the, the best example is what's happening with the Android operating system. So in general, you, you have, as a consumer, you have a choice between Apple products. So it's the iOS, so the iOS uh, operating system. And then you have everything else is pretty much an Android operated uh, mobile phone, no matter the brand. And so Android technically is open source, uh, which means that the manufacturer could absolutely use 
whatever system they want. They don't have, technically speaking, to use Google. But if manufacturers want to gain access to the Play Store and a large number of products that you mentioned, uh, and by the way, also leverage the Android brand, which is trademarked by Google, they have to sign an agreement, which is called the Open Handset Alliance. And in there, they basically accept that they will have to make as default uh, the Google search system. And that includes, um, that gives them access to the Google suite of apps, so Gmail, Maps, and so on but it forces them to use Google search engine as the default. And so we're back to the exact same problem as I was describing with, with Apple, which is most users are not going to be changing the default search engine and Google results will always be shown more advertising, more money for Google, more ability to pay people to use their search system. All right. So Maya, let's say that uh, as this uh, case goes on, and I know that we're still early in the process right now, you know, in, in terms of possible remedies, if Google's not successful or they end up settling like Microsoft did many years back, you know, what kind of remedy is Google facing? What kind of payouts do you think that they might have to make? So I think, uh, by the way, it is, it is very unlikely that this antitrust uh, case is going to be successful, but let's assume that it is. <laughs> really, the focus is going to be on how to make sure that Google is not artificially enhancing its natural advantages and win on its own merit rather than win because they pay more than everyone else or they forced the manufacturers through the bundling that we were, uh, we were talking about earlier. And so if actions were to be taken uh, or enforced by the government, I would expect them to be around uh, this forced bundling and these contracts, which were legal technically, reinforce the monopoly. And so I would expect the DOJ to go after these contracts and in one way or another force uh, these contracts to be void. But it's not clear how, and that's the reason why I'm saying it's 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 going to be legally speaking very tricky. While everybody or a lot of people understand that there is some merit uh, to the case, defending it legally, given the current legislative system in the U.S., is going to be really really complicated. It may require basically new law, and that may not happen uh, for that particular case. Well, closing it out, just one last question for you, and it's multi-tiered. And so, you know, I look at this lawsuit, I look at Google. Google's a trillion-dollar company. They bring in about $160 billion a year in revenue. And, uh, you know, they're everywhere. It's a it's a uh, prolific search engine. They're in browsers on a multitude of devices. Obviously, they're in computers. Uh, they've made it into mobile. That's their biggest search platform is mobile devices. They're making headways into voice search, smart speakers. I've, you know, I've seen them in home appliances, cars. They're they're uh, making headway also into the Internet of Things. And so this is a gigantic place for people to look things up, to get information. You know, businesses are built around research on the Google platform. And so with that in mind, I think this is a much bigger deal in a lot of ways than the Microsoft case was many years back. And so multi-part question here for you, Mael. And so, you know, how long do you think this litigation goes on for, um, whether it's settled or whether Google wins because you think Google will win? And then how much do you think it'll cost Google, the taxpayer, and then the last part of that is what negative impact do you think, if any, it'll have on consumers? Um, so that's a lot of questions. It in is. 
So uh, first of all, you're absolutely right in pointing out how massive Google is. And it's not just a question of how much money they make. It's the question of how many products, how many markets they are in and how pervasive their, their technology is. And the, the case that we're currently talking about with you is one of many. As of today, pretty much all U.S. state attorneys general are separately investigating Google. They are cases in Europe. And so the, the current one is extremely narrow. Again, it's just about search and it's just about using the agreement we talked about where Google makes itself the default search engine. There are many, many other angles that could be used to go after Google on an antitrust basis. So on this particular case, it is unfortunately hard to tell how much it's going to cost because it's hard to tell how, how long it's going to last. But Based on the natural course of antitrust cases, we're very likely looking at several years. Uh, Google, because this is the core of its business, it's going to put as much money as required to fight this. And on the other side, the DOJ, especially as this looks like a very politicized case, the DOJ is very likely, uh, depending on the result of the U.S presidential election, but it's very likely going to put a lot of resources. So I can't put a number on it, but I'm, I'm telling you, it's going to be very expensive on both sides because this is such a flagship case and one that is going to take a really, really long time. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Mayel. It was great having you on. My pleasure. <laughs> And thank you listeners for tuning in. If you like what you heard, don't be shy. Leave us a review in your favorite podcasting app. And also thank you to our producer, Molly McDonough, and our amazing production team for their help putting this episode together. They do a great job all of the time. This has been Legal Talk Today. I'm Lawrence Clitty. Have a great day, everybody. Go vote!